tropes in horror and how they've changed. Everybody, this is Nikki. Welcome to Trope Time. Um, today, actually, we will have a different co-host. Izzy is currently recovering from surgery, so she will not be joining us. So I want to thank Tyler, who I featured on. If you if you follow our Patreon, you've heard Tyler on some of our mini episodes. Go ahead, Tyler. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm not Izzy. He's not Izzy. Um, Izzy will be back with us next month. Um, and welcome to Trope Time. So today's episode is called Trick or Trope. Thanks to Tyler's very <laughs> clever, he's very clever naming because I was trying to. I do improv. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to be covering, I mean, it is the month of spoopy. So we will be covering, um, tropes in horror and how they've changed. Horror. And with that, um, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. Our patrons allow us to continue to make this show and keep the lights on. If you're new to Patreon and what it is, it is essentially a membership service in which you can support your favorite creators like us, Trope Time. For as little as a dollar to five dollars a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community, and so much more. Check it out at nerdon.io slash Patreon. With that, let us begin. So, let's talk about some of the classic <laughs> movies. What what movie did you, like? What's the first horror movie you ever saw? Ever saw? Yeah. I actually. Oh, okay. So, oh, this is a whole can of worms. So, on my own <laughs> podcast, I actually talk about this uh, at length a lot of times. And so, um, so that is a double. That or sorry, that that's a difficult question. <laughs> So, <laughs> We've had a few uh, glasses of wine, oh, that's so, true. so we're a bit loose right now. Oh no, no, no. It, it, it's just it's. I love this story. So I, I remember um, I used to have a playmate doll, and oh. we used to have a uh, we used to have like a lake house. And the first child's play I believe came out in 1989. Uh, either way, it came out before I was able to remember what you know life is, or mm. e- even have you know cognition at all, and so. We had a lake house, and my parents, my mom, would like to just leave me by a TV on HBO two <laughs> that will, you know, that would play like you know some kid stuff in the morning, mm-hmm. and then it turned into adult stuff. And she always claimed I left the room for ten minutes, and um, and to, you know you were watching some cartoon, and then like and then it's like Chucky, but then, so anyways, I, I I would essentially <laughs> be there as my mom comes back, quote unquote, ten minutes later. To uh, Chucky killing people as I'm holding on to my playmate doll, rocking back and forth, laughing. And oh. I'm like two or three years old at this time, oh. not really knowing what the hell's happening. Mm-hmm. I have no concept of what's happening. And I call bullshit because if you've seen the original Child's Play, nothing happens until the 30 minute mark. Oh, so, yeah. so uh, that, that, does, that tells you a little bit about my, my, uh, my upbringing. I'm kidding. No, so. Um, <laughs> So um, I don't remember that at all whatsoever, and I've never hurt anybody that I know of. And but um, I, I will say that my first horror film, knowing that it's scary, that I saw was actually a movie called Christine. Oh, 
the, the Stephen King. Car. Yeah. Oh, oh, you wait, Christine. I thought you were talking about like. Me, Carrie. Carrie. Oh my God. No, yeah. no. Christine is a '70s movie about a haunted car that I oh. saw, and um, I literally watched with my with my friend on about a. 12 by 12 little mini TV mm-hmm. and the uh, cupboard of a staircase as we w- were sneaking to watch this horror mm-hmm. film. And uh, that was my first horror film that I remember. And then I think Blair Witch was right after that or Sixth Sense if you consider it horror. Ah, uh, yeah. See, like, uh, I was raised with scary stuff. Because uh, my mom always liked that. My mom was like, plus my birthdays are on Halloween. Mm. So like, Almost. But your birthday's on Halloween. Around. It's the 28th. Oh. So oh, that is right, close. It is close. So all of my Halloween. Mine's boring. Nothing ever happened. Nothing <laughs> happened on my birthday. Like literally. I think like if you go back in history, like two mm-hmm. famous people were born in the 1400s or something like that. It was it's sad. Well, the only problem of having your birthday around a major holiday is like the weekend before your birthday, everyone's celebrating Halloween and, st- and no one wants to come to your birthday party. <laughs> Although like all You of- have your birthday party there. That's yeah. Great. See, all my kid birthday Halloween parties, my mom was amazing. She always took us out to haunted, like, haunted mansions or anything like that. And then we'd have a sleepover. And a few times, I think she had a psychic come. What? Yeah. See, my mom was very— I've met your mom, and your mom is, like, little miss, like, nice, like, like, oh, hi. I don't know. I I, I can't, yeah. She's very—actually kind of into the occult. Not, like— she doesn't really? perform things, but she's very superstitious and believes in like tarot readings and stuff. What? So like every time she was pregnant with me and my sister, she got a reading. I did I, not. Yeah, and so when I was Man, in her belly, your mom's awesome. When I was in her belly, she got a reading about me, and she always used to tell me she said that the um, psychic said I would be into old things, like. Granted, I did get my degree in English Lit and my minor in Medieval and Renaissance Studies. So I I guess. And as a kid, I definitely wanted to go into archaeology and paleontology and medieval studies. But um, currently, I work in video games. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure how that, that fits. <laughs> Anyways... Um, so growing up, my mom and I are like little thing from as long as I remember. Do you remember Unsolved Mysteries? Of course. Oh my god! Wait, wait, is that the one with Commander Riker? No. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I, 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 there were so many different ones. Like there was yeah. like there was Dateline, and then mm-hmm. there was like the one with uh with uh Commander Riker. I mean, uh, well, oh my god! Why uh, Beyond Belief. Name? Beyond Belief. Oh, do you remember Beyond Belief? That was good, too. I, I I didn't remember it until that funny video of it was like, uh, it was when you meet your Tinder date. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, you like bike riding? And it's just him asking his stupid questions, like his rhetorical questions. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I was like, oh my God, that I remember that show. I completely forgot about it. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um. So like, I was raised on like Unsolved Mysteries, classic episodes of The Twilight Zone, The Outer Limits. Oh, nice. Um, Beyond Belief, Truth, Fact, or Fiction. Um, and then uh, Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Because we had sci-fi. Yeah. So fun fact. My dad growing up um, was a professional pirate. Not in the ARG pirate. But like <laughs> pirating before it was on the internet. We had these black boxes on all of us, our TVs. So we pirated 
like cable. And so That's my awesome. dad, my dad would always be like, don't tell anyone at school about the black boxes. But we got like HBO for free and like sci-fi. And I, before- it cheated the system before the system knew it was being cheated. Exactly. And like <laughs> sci-fi before it went all weird and changed its logo. I used to oh, like yeah. eat up everything on sci-fi. In elementary school, I found a grimoire in our library that the librarian had no idea existed. And she, I remember I picked it up. I went to check it out. And the like librarian was sifting through it. She's like, um, I know I already let you check this out. But like when you're done with it, can you give it back to me? And like, yeah, I never saw that book again. <laughs> On the shelves. Like it legit had like it's spells. Oh, it had spells in it? Yeah. Dude, I took it home and my mom was like, what the hell? I remember also checking out like a cryptozoology encyclopedia. I was a weird child. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I- You just come home with like three Ouija's boards and your mom's <laughs> like, get that out of here. Yeah. So like, it's really hard to remember my first horror horror. I do remember glimpses of when I was little. Like, I think like the first time I was really scared- I, um, so in the Midwest, they have things called tri-levels where it's not quite a basement. And then you have like the main floor level where you walk in and then an upstairs. But like, so when you walk into my house, there's like a grate to the left and you can look down to the lower level. Kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. So that's where the TV was. And then there was the stairs. So I would come down from the top floor sit on the stairs in the middle floor and look down to the bottom floor and I could see the TV. And I remember my mom was gone and my dad was watching The X-Files. <laughs> and I didn't sleep all night. I saw the one X-Files mm. episode, the one with the alien, like with the um, the one that the Simpsons mocked with with uh, with Mr. Burns when he oh. was like that episode. And mm. that, that gave me insane nightmares but that was hilarious because now i don't think aliens i don't think aliens are scary no i don't i don't think so either um i also don't believe in ghosts but yeah. i love paranormal stuff but like i think that was the first instance it was like the first season of the x-files and then um after that there were two other times where i was truly afraid um one was this movie okay I, I always tell people about this movie and I still to this day have never been able to find the title. So if any of you can figure it out for me, I will be forever grateful. I was like in third or fourth grade and it was like maybe a TV movie. And I was at my friend's house. And it was about this like white family moving to Ireland or Scotland into this old castle. And at the top of the castle is this like it looks like a Grim Reaper type statue with a scythe. And it was like keeping prisoner the spirit of the previous owner's daughter who had been bricked in alive, kind of like the cask of Montiago like story from Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. um, and like the girl spirit was talking to the children in the house, trying to tell them like where she was so they could dig her out. And so anyways, like that's that giant scythe thing would come down and like kill people. Um, so that one scared me. And I think like 
my the second instance was my friend um she had a condo in Michigan up by like the uh the Lake Michigan, <laughs> one of the lakes. Um and uh not like Erie. No, not like Erie. And so she finally invited me to go. It was like her birthday party because her birthday was in October too. So um, we took a group of five girls. We went like corn mazing, pumpkin carving, and pick apple orchard picking, you know, the classic stuff. And later that night upstairs in the loft, we watched Child's Play. And I have never liked dolls. I just have always find them creepy. Maybe it's the Uncanny Valley thing. Like stuffed animals, fine. But this, and I remember all night. See, dolls, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, dolls don't scare me, even though like I love the Conjuring mm-hmm. universe. Um, yeah. I didn't see the nun. But um, it wasn't good. So yeah, you didn't that, I heard that's the only one that's like really terrible. It, it was really terrible. I didn't see the last Annabelle yet, but I mm-hmm. also didn't hear that many bad things. And then I thought the first Annabelle was not that bad. It's just the last. 15 minutes of it really sucks. The second Annabelle is amazing. Mm. But, um, um, yeah, dolls don't scare me. I just, I'm not a fan of them. No, it, it makes sense. Like, yeah. See, like, even clown, like, things don't scare me. The only things that scare me are intruders. That's my, that's my biggest and really, I feel like, only fear mm. are intruders. Like, it's a real thing that mm. can really happen. And I think it started with The Sixth Sense, like, you know, being, like, eight years old when that movie came out and you just see... You know, at the beginning of the movie, you see a guy half naked in your bathroom and he shoots you. And then you find out at the end, the guy's dead. Like, yeah. like that, I believe that's what sparked it. But yeah, that's the only thing that really like actually scares me in movies, except for jump scares. Hmm. But yeah, I think we stayed up all night, like, looking for Chucky. And <laughs> I don't know. I am an atheist. Just just to put it out there. Um, don't worry. Same here. Yeah. But I, I waver on ghosts, not because I believe in spirits or Christianity or like the concept of that, but I will admit that we as a scientific community have not been able to explain everything yet. So there's like that type of, that like gap where we don't know yet. Um, and, uh, in between that gap, I'm open for, I don't want to say belief, but like things happening. And eventually I feel like we'll figure out what that is. Do I believe like there's a God that's covering it? Nah, I don't, not really. But um, I think there's a gap in between what we know and what we don't know. And that's kind of a gray area. So I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Because I grew up in a house where, um, my sister and I and my mom saw some creepy Things. shit that was <laughs> not explained by science. And um, that continued into college, too. I, in college, I was part of the Indiana Ghost Traffickers. Oh, wow. West Lafayette chapter. <laughs> um, and the, ho- the apartment that I lived in, um, I had reoccurring dreams of the shadows coming to get me. Like, regularly. Like, I would wake up and I would freak the fuck out. Since moving out and and before that, never had those dreams. When I moved out, never had those dreams. Before I moved in, never had them. It was only when I lived in that apartment, my first apartment. Like, 
so I mean, maybe there's there's some weird shit. Yeah. Will I say like they're demons or something that in the frame of Christianity? Nah, no, but um something happens when you die, maybe. What's the scariest movie for you? <sighs> See, the thing is, like, as an adult, nothing really scares me anymore. Mm, okay. I'm like one of those people that laughs. Um, Yeah, I can't think of like something that is truly… Well, okay, I take that back. There was one episode of Black Mirror. (laughs) But it wasn't like a traditional horror. So it's… Spoilers ahead, everybody. It's like the third season where um, this guy is being chosen to QA test. Which is what I do now. A uh, a VR game, and he he was chosen to QA test, but on the side, he's working undercover as a operative operative as a journalist for a video game company, or as for a video game website. Sorry, that does reviews. So he's like, hell yeah, I'm gonna get the scoop on. It's basically they make it up like this: the guy who's creating this VR game is Hideo Kojima. That's pretty much where they were going for, but they couldn't use Kojima's game. He's like some huge guy in the industry, and this is his first game in a while. And so this guy's boss is like, yeah, you know, we're going to hook you up with a secret camera and with audio equipment and bug you. So that way, while you're QA testing, we can get the footage. So before you walk in, they're telling this guy, it's imperative that you keep all electronics out of the room. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And they're I've like, not seen this episode. Yeah, and they're like, I thought I saw them all. No, they're like, you really cannot have electronics in this room. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So he keeps like his bug and wire on and his cell phone in his pocket with the with the mic on. Um, and he's brought into the game, and the game is supposed to be um self-aware, so it can read your greatest fears. So um, it puts you in a haunted house and it keeps learning by scanning your mind. And um, super spoiler, before he goes through any of this process, he's on the phone with his mom and his mom can't recall where he is. His mom has Alzheimer's. So in the game, it's it starts putting out like zombies and stuff like that, traditional stuff. But then it gets kind of more like personal to the point where he develops Alzheimer's in the game. Like, because that is his ultimate fear that he is going to… I thought I saw the first four seasons. No. That he is going to develop Alzheimer's like his mom. That's crazy. And like, so it it happens gradually. Like he's in the room and they're they're like, you can't remember, can you? Blah, 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 blah. And he starts freaking out because he can't remember things and he just keeps… He can't remembering. And then um, the creator comes in and is like, unplug him, unplug him. We need him to unplug. But it turns out that that was still part of the simulation. And in real life, the whole simulation only lasted 10 seconds and he's dead. Because he brought in electronic equipment into the room. And it interfered with the brain scan. What? I thought I'd seen the first four seasons. Like, I'm so shocked. I don't remember this one at all. See, that one really fucked me up because the fears were based in 
reality. Yeah. Like, that is terrifying if you think about it. That's true. So that one actually really scared me. And it's not a traditional horror. And I feel like um, going back, like, horror has changed so much um, as, a, <laughs> as a genre. And, um, yeah, that, like, was, that really scared me. So I guess, like, that is the only thing that has scared me. Yeah. I, like, my favorite type of horror is paranormal horror. Something that yeah. builds up. Um, a good… The Conjuring films, um, mm-hmm. I believe, are the best thing right now. Um, I love James Wan. Uh, mm-hmm. Dead Silence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the Exorcist is my ultimate favorite uh, horror so film. Was my, so was my… I met Linda Blair and got my collector's edition copy signed. That's amazing. Oh, I, I freaking died. Which, by the way, all the proceeds from her um, signatures, she owns like a dog sanctuary now. So it was $26 for her, like, John Hancock. But it went towards her dog sanctuary. So it's amazing. Like, Fuck yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. But, like, um, I love those older, like, the lore. I think, and also because, like, a lot of it's steeped in Catholicism. Now, I was, yeah. I was raised as Catholic. As, blah, blah, blah. I was raised Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> um, and while I'm not Catholic anymore, the the, like mythology behind yeah. it fascinated me which I think also led me to I was to... Catholic as well I went to Catholic yeah. school I studied to be a priest for a while oh wow I was very Catholic yeah I, and I was also a medieval studies minor um, I had planned on going further with it and I was only two credits away from getting a religious studies minor and um, so yeah let's just say Catholicism fascinates me oh it, it's it's fascinating and also terrifying oh I will also agree with that um, yeah, yeah, Catholics have, let's just say they think they're always right. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions, probably not best for this podcast. I have a lot, I have a lot of opinions. I will just say the institution is, has some problems. I'll, I'll just leave it, I probably shouldn't talk about it in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because it, it's hard, when we talk about paranormal horror, a lot of it has to deal with Catholicism. Because a lot of it deals with demons. And yeah. and Catholics are the only denomination that have exorcists. So you end up kind of going that route. Pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's almost impossible to talk about horror without talking about Catholicism. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. In fact, a lot of modern day horror is, you know, kind of like… Based on Catholic, you know, exactly. beliefs and uh, everything. So, yeah. And deals with a lot of, like you said, the nun. The, the nun. The exorcist involves Catholic priests. Yeah. And so I think it's because um, Catholicism is old. It's really old. Um, I mean, so is like, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. Judaism. Yeah. Uh, but you don't see a lot of Jewish I mean, horror. Yeah, and also, well, yeah, it's like I guess Judaism started it all. Yeah, uh, out exactly. Of all those, it's Judaism, then Christianity, and then um, you know the Muslim religion. Yeah, know? but you don't see a lot of horror like dealing with that. And then I guess I guess after that will be um, uh, uh, Mormonism. <laughs> like weird. You don't see. And a lot. It kind of like splits off. I feel like the only Mormon quote unquote horror is. That you can see is not really modern Mormonism. It's more like it's just you meet. I'm not. I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna not finish that joke. I feel like it deals more with the 
the misconceptions of Mormonism where you have more than one wife type thing. Like cultism. I feel like I really shouldn't say anything about this. <laughs> um, you see a lot of horror movies and cults too. Which by the way, I'm, yeah. also, I'm also fascinated with Yeah, I think, I think you want to talk about Midsummer, especially so. Oh yeah. So like I love Midsummer because… Oh actually… Before we talk about Midsummer, mm-hmm. can I bounce off? Because demons are a big thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We have to talk about something about um, essentially the another uh, horror um, franchise that, that essentially like kind of reinvented. And not only that, but also I, I would honestly feel mm-hmm. gave life to horror again is the Paranormal Activity I um, agree. franchise. Because yeah. it's all about demons. And demons are only with… Well, technically… Mm-hmm. Should only be with Catholics. Yeah, uh, it's weird. All the other denominations will reference them, but it's like you don't really believe in that. But it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think so it, like it did so well is because it also incorporates modern technology. Yes, absolutely. But it's it is an ongoing demon, mm-hmm. one demon. Yeah, that's like causing everything, mm-hmm. which is cool. But like I think I think paranormal, and then there were a lot of people that tried to do the same thing. Like, I know there's, like, a new horror movie that's coming out about texting. Or, like, the app where it, like, tells you how many days you have to live. It's oh, an I don't app. know about that. But and, I mean, like, yeah, there, there's all those other ones. Like, one with, but, there was a Skype one. Yeah, I feel like they're all trying to take advantage of Paranormal Activity. Because yeah. the only franchise well, that... Well, granted, Paranormal Activity kind of stole it from Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. That, that, like, found footage type thing. And so, REC Wreck. That's yeah, Wreck. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for bringing Wreck. Those are great. You've not are. seen the, the Wreck trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I will say the first two mm-hmm. are good. The second one, the third one's not. But um, yeah. Let's, let's actually. Quarantine that the Americanized one is whatever. Yeah. Let's actually dial it back all the way to the beginning. Like Universal Monsters. Yeah. That's absolute horror. It, it was terrifying for people. Especially, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. the first one. Is, uh, is that Hunchback? No, no, Hunchback is a little bit later. I'm trying to remember what the first one was. It wasn't Lon Chaney. Yeah, I don't know the order. I just know that, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, God. Um, so good. The, uh, is it Frankenstein? You have Frankenstein. You have Dracula. Dracula. You have Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. You also have the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would say that, like, one of the ones that was, like, a huge, 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 huge one. Was um, Family Opera was terrifying. Yeah, and you know what all of those have in common? They have a creature or a humanoid type thing yeah. that is less than decent looking, and then juxtaposed with a beautiful woman. Yeah, and them <laughs> kidnapping or trying to get love from the said beautiful woman. Yeah, woman. That's true. Um, and I feel like that's very iconic. I mean, even King Kong, like the woman needs help, but the woman yeah. is able. I actually to- wanted to bring that up later about how, like, because we're talking about like the tropes of mm-hmm. it and all, and it's changed insanely. Like we're yeah. now Universal monsters aren't scary; they're more fant- fantastical than if anything. Like, yeah. Um, like they try to do with Dracula Reborn, 
or the Mummy movie where mm-hmm. it wasn't even horror film. Um, like like I would say the '90s Mummy film is a it, it's a horror movie. I feel like the '90s it's, it's a horror adventure film. It, yeah, it feels more adventure to me. It feels very in the same Man, vein remember, as like I, Indiana I remember, Jones. I remember like seeing it and people being like, "No, I'm too scared." Like I remember like people saying. I am too scared to see that film. Really? With Brendan Fraser? Yeah, that mummy was terrifying. I did not. And it honestly still doesn't look that bad today. I know. But um, no, I mean, it, it was still funny, adventurous, and stuff like that. I would say it is a more so adventure film, but it is still a horror element to it. Mm. Like, it was, especially for the 90s, we were easily scared. We were easily <laughs> startled in the 90s. I don't know. But, like, back when the originals were made, I feel like it was very, like, Telling guys, look, you just need to find a sympathetic woman to love you. And it's also telling women, you can change any man. Yeah. I feel like with old film, it started off with monsters and the unexplained Mm -hmm. to big threats with King Kong, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of other films that you can also find. Mm-hmm. And then it, it gradually went through... Uh, at that point, and, and went to gore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the 70s, it seemed a lot of slasher films. I mean, I would even say 50s, 60s uh, slasher films. And in the 70s is when we really got the demented uh, demon, uh, the paranormal. Yeah, but there was still a lot of slashers. I'm oh, thinking, absolutely. I'm thinking stuff like, um, was it Black Christmas? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, okay, I take it back. Sci-fi was the big horror of the 50s. Yeah. Uh, you have... Um, I almost said Plan 9 from Outer Space. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. No, uh, I meant um, you had uh, Forbidden Planet. No, wait. Yeah, Forbidden Planet, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you had The Day the Earth Stood Still, which mm-hmm. is terrifying. Sci-fi kind of took hold. Yeah. Because we also had first, I mean, we went to the moon. So like. Yeah, and I feel like sci-fi could be either fantastical mm-hmm. or it could be more thriller, horror-y. I mean, horror can be everywhere. Type. You have Star Wars with fantasy. You have mm-hmm. Star Trek with uh, drama. Mm-hmm. You have, um, yeah, and then you have the day there sit still or uh, Forbidden Planet or Twilight Zone with mm-hmm. uh, with horror. Yeah, so. because I feel like the fear of the unknown. Space is unknown. We don't yep. know what's out there. Um, and what- I, I feel like any any genre can be turned into anything. I, I, they can mm-hmm. always dip into something else. Like yes. we have comedy horror movies like mm-hmm. all the time. Like it, it actually happens a lot, uh, a lot more than we think. I mean, um, th- this is the end. Mm-hmm. Had a few jump scare, mo- you know, and yeah. stuff like that. It was a lot, a lot of fun. You had an exorcism in it. You had a big monster. Yeah. And then you had the Backstreet Boys coming. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all big. Mm-hmm. They were all fat and dancing. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but then we move. I feel like in the '80s, horror really—that's where a lot of people would consider classics. Yeah. So you've got like Nightmare on Elm Street. Which is funny because I hate slasher films. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, Child's Play. Mm-hmm. You've got um. Oh my God. You have a lot. Jay- what? Why can't I think of the other one? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Michael I mean, Myers. I don't like slasher films. I actually mm-hmm. find them not. You Candyman too. Yeah. And I feel and it, and. Was wait, I thought I think the TV it was in early 90s, 92, I think. I might be wrong. Yeah. I'll look into it. But like I feel like in the 80s, there was a lot of concern about child abductions. And like that guy in the van. You know what I mean? And I feel like that yeah. 
really manifested in horror in 1990, the 80s. 1990, so like right, right on, the on the cusp. Yeah. In the 90s, we kind of continued with Scream. I feel like Stephen King is somebody who, <laughs> honestly, um, as much, I mean, as much drugs as he was on, mm-hmm. I feel like he reinvented essentially what we wanted with horror mm-hmm. and uh, essentially made a huge bridge mm-hmm. for horror. Yeah. I mean, all of his movies, I mean, Misery is a Oh, I love Misery. Thriller. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I mean, you have uh, It, you have, um, what else came out back then? I mean, oh my God, like, look at, uh, um, oh my God, the sequel's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, The Hotel. Hotel? Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh, oh Shining. Shining, The Shining. Yeah, the you, Shining. Have, you have uh, The Shining. Like, like, none of those films have anything Dr. to Sleep. do with yourself. What? Dr. Sleep. Yeah, Dr. Sleep. I'm excited. I'm excited. But, but, and then, um, I feel like Stephen King's on his own yeah. realm. It's weird because like he he taps in, he he's like one of the few I would say writer authors who can just tap into like basically everything. It's insane. Would you also say so like in in I would say even in like Twilight Zone, usually the the monster of the week was othered, which you could well they didn't attribute it to like any certain specific race, but they were definitely not white. And then, Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and then you move into the 80s where I feel like that's where usually, as everyone always jokes now, the non-white guy dies first. Yeah, it's true. I mean, of course we joke about and the it. Women, and, like, and like the two hottest women also die at the beginning too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, oh, I tripped and ah! Yeah, the dits or like yeah. the girl and then she somehow like finds a love interest and then they both die. Or they both live. Mostly die. Yeah. Oh, we also forgot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. Jesus Christ. But like, I feel like some of those tropes like have evolved. Like in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was- they were called out so hard and like in Cabin plainly. in the Woods. I feel like Cabin in the Woods was the first film to be like, "Hey, look at all these stupid decisions that people would not actually like do." Yeah, like, they- <sighs> Cabin in the Woods is different. Not, 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 I don't mean different. I'm sorry. I meant Cabin in the Woods is like the most homagey movie you could ever make ever. <laughs> That's why I I think horror fans love Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, because think, it calls up. Just- People who like being entertained love. I don't know one person. I know people who just hate every fucking film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Yeah, you can. Um, I, I know people who hate The Dark Knight. I, I know people who hate Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. But they love like Captain in the Woods is just one of those movies that's just. I feel it can be universally liked. Yeah. Because it's just so ridiculous, and it's like it it hits every single pressure point of any film goer. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it came out in time, was it like early 2000s? Yeah. And like, at that time, I feel like horror was in a really big slump. Because it seemed like everybody was pushing out generic film after generic horror. True. And already horror is not… The Saw series was was around for like the 30th one. Yeah, like horror already does not have a great rap in the community. It's never like… Really considered for any major yeah. awards. It, it, the Exorcist was like yeah. the only one. And like, I fucking adore The Exorcist. Anyways, um, I like The Conjuring. And movies. I feel like Cabin in the Woods basically called them all out and be like, "Hey, make better shit." 
because we already know, like, we already know the formula. We're literally creating the formula right now. Yeah. Like, everything we Where's have. the bad guy from Billy Madison, okay? Yeah. So, um, and then after that, I feel like horror actually started getting a little better. I feel like people finally <laughs> just got, like, you know, James Wan and um, a couple other people started taking them seriously. I believe that Paranormal Activity changed the game. I yeah. th- I actually will give all the credit to Paranormal Activity. A $17,000 movie made almost $300 million. So I think that's the number. If I'm wrong, uh, you know, let Nikki know and I'll never find out. Um, I think <laughs> I think Del Toro also had a bit to do with it. Because like he his... He didn't really do horror. He did Hellboy. He did make Crimson Peak, but that was years later. Well, like, he did... He was an advocate for it. Pan's Labyrinth, which was... Is that horror? It was very horror There were parts where people were scared. I mean, the monster with the freaking eyes... Yeah, see, like, for me, I always saw it as a fairy tale. Not many people because I all know. fairy tales are horrifying. Yeah, but like the American fairy tale is very fluffy. No, no, no. Well, oh, oh, no. I would disagree wholeheartedly. It is the modern fairy tale. Is that because the Brothers Grimm? Are yeah, well, so yeah, so messed up, and there are a lot yeah. of fairy tales in America that are really dark. True, and but too. but yeah, what you said the mod Disney. We're used to when we hear fairy tale, we think of Disney. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I feel lots like... Lots of pink, lots of yellow, lots of yeah. light blue. I feel like talking to the average person, they would not classify that as really fairy tale esque I feel like yeah. they would think more of horror side. That's true. Because it is... a princess. True, but it is really fucking terrifying. It is. <laughs> but, like... Uh, and... I, after, I find it more of a fantasy film. Well, after that, he put out The Orphanage. Well, he produced it. He didn't really have anything yeah. to do with it. Um, that was that was directed, and he just put money into it. That was, that was, still, that was, a, that was a, I think, a, a Mexican movie as opposed to a Spanish yeah. film. Where he, that was still really good, though. It is good. Yeah. I, I need to rewatch it. I haven't yeah. watched it in a while. But yeah, no, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I, I think that Guillermo del Toro has kind of gotten the conversation around. Yeah. But I think that, like, Paranormal Activity just flooded the doors open. Yeah, I feel like he subverts expectations. Like Agreed, he, but like I also didn't like I didn't like Crimson Peak all that much. I think it's mm-hmm. technically beautiful and a gorgeous film. Not a good. It was not effective. I I agree. I did I did like aspects of Crimson Peak. Other parts I didn't like. I was I, I left the theater a bit disappointed. Yeah, let's just say that. I was like I didn't expect mm-hmm. a, a gothic movie more than a horror. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of gothic literature. Go figure. Hmm. Um, but like. Let's let's move into more modern stuff. Absolutely. I would like to talk to talk about um there've been a lot of things happening in horror lately. Yeah. With two very different directors. Um you've got the director of Hereditary. Yes. Uh, our, yes. Oh, why can't I think of his name? It's it's very foreign. Arami. <laughs> oh my god. I feel I feel really bad right now. Anyways, he when he when he does interviews, he actually does not consider it a horror at all. Yeah. Ari Aster. Yes. Ari Aster. Um, he considers it a film of a family falling apart. Like yeah. that is his I, I see, I don't consider it a horror film either. I would agree with him. I would feel it I would see that it is like um I, I don't see um Rosemary's Baby is a horror. See, I love Rosemary's Baby, and I love... I consider it a thriller. 
I, I and that's where I actually will consider her or, as well. Or like psychological horror. Yeah, I think. <sighs> like, because whatever happened to Baby Jane? That is mm-hmm. kind of psychological horror too. That's true. But also with Hereditary, what is actually happening with the mom? Yeah. With the mom. I mean, they make her seem like she's going crazy and she's right all along. Which is another trope. By the way, seems <laughs> like always. I will actually put Sixth Sense in that category as well. Yeah. It seems like always the woman knows what the fuck is up. And the guy is always like, honey, you're just crazy. Because women are overly emotional, I I guess. And, and men are two-dimensional. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. And like always… It's it, not not accurate. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, I'm thinking of… I'm, jo- I'm joking. I meant oh my, about the basicness of men. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. What is the movie with the house? The house. Like with the eyes… And the wall, the blood coming down the walls. That, monster like, house? No, 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 no. With a li- with Steven Spielberg's like failure of monster house? No, it's in the same it wasn't the universe as Annabelle and the Warrens investigated. It was their first case. Oh, the first the first conjuring. No, no, no. The the house from Okay. It is not in the conjuring, but it is in the same room. Because the Warrens, by okay, the way. Okay, so so you've had the Conjuring movie, which then made the first Annabelle movie, then Conjuring 2, the Annabelle creation, and then The it's, Nun, and then we had La, and then I think we, and then we had La, uh, oh my god, La, La uh, I forgot what, her, what she's called. La Llorona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. La Llorona, no, okay. and then it's, uh, and then it's Annabelle Comes Home. And the, I think that's, a, from what I know, those are the only films that are in the universe. No, 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 it, like, because the ones are real people. Yes. So this is a house they investigated. In oh, real you're life. talking about Amityville? Yeah, Amityville horror. Oh yeah, okay. That's not in James Wan's universe yet. Yeah, but, but I mean like <laughs> I mean like in the real world and got it, like got it, got that it. was a so anyways, like again, Amityville, she was like, something's up. And the guy's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, and like the guy starts going slow. Because Amityville Horror, the original, came out in like the 80s, 90s. There's like, I think, three or four films. Yeah, but the original, I think, is like 80s, 90s. I think it's the only good one. And then the Ryan Reynolds one like exists. And you're like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, (laughs) but that's like a lot of… People took a lot of things from that one. Like um, the bleeding walls thing. You see that in a lot of paranormal horror now. The flies. Well, the bleeding walls also think from… Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Mm. I mean, that's kind of like a thing we've seen for but a while. But the flies. Yeah. Like everywhere. I also, consider, I also now think about the fly with, uh, with Jeff Goldblum. Very horror. Well, yeah. It's also kind of sci-fi. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sci-fi horror, man. Yeah. It's a huge bridge. Anyways, that's a common trope. And going back to Hereditary, we went on a long tangent there. <laughs> um… Yeah, like Ari Aster's second film, going back to Midsummer, that, which I have not seen yet, but uh, I've heard a lot about. Women love it, Good. And, and you know, you know why women love it? Because they're badass. Well, because the movie is about um, a relationship, and it's not going well. And the guy's idea to make it go well is to take his girlfriend with his guy group of friends. They already made plans to go to. Midsummer, which is a festival. And one of his friends from college is like from this little community in Sweden. Cult. 
a cult, basically. They don't call it that. And they're yeah. like, oh, we celebrate the midsummer where it's like 24 hours of sunlight. And so they go into the middle of nowhere and it turns out it's a very matriarchal society. And you start seeing like the problems in their relationship because it's like when I've seen so many couples that would be like, oh, we'll just have a baby and yeah. that'll fix the... It's kind of like that. Like, well, let's do some big major life-altering event and that'll fix the relationship. And it doesn't. And it, it, it basically is a movie about a couple falling apart and female empowerment. Like, dressed in the trappings of, like, a cult horror film. Yeah. And huh. it's very, for women, you are rooting on the main character like crazy. You're like, fuck yeah, you go girl. You go girl. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And like, but at the same time, you're kind of like wondering what's happening. But at the end, you're just so happy and satisfied. <laughs> um, but like, it's kind of interesting because it's a horror film, but there's no dark scenes really. It's yeah. all in sunlight. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have compared it to The Wicker Man. The original. The original. Although the Nicolas Cage one has some Oh, the breeze! The breeze! The breeze! The breeze! Or the scene where he goes and like punches that woman in the face. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good times, right? Good, uh, good times, right? The, the, the Nicolas Cage Worker Man will also always be iconic, but not for the reasons that it wanted to be. The other director I would like to talk about that's also subverting a lot, especially in race, racial. Well, um, Ari Aster definitely flipped the script on like female empowerment in um in horror. I would have to say um stuff like Get Out and Us definitely brought up the racial issue. Yeah. So uh, director and writer Jordan Peele. Yeah. And I will say I liked Get Out more than Us. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen Us yet, so. Yeah. But, like, when we were talking about comedy horror, I feel like Get Out has some com comedic elements in it. I think that, ooh, to me, my, my opinion, mm -hmm. I feel like those comedy moments aren't comedy moments. It's more about, because, I, I, okay, so I have a lot of friends who, mm -hmm. from different races who saw the movie, and mm -hmm. everybody got something out of it. It was weird. With me and how I saw it and how I have a few friends as well who saw it mm -hmm. as well is that those comedy moments aren't really comedy moments. They are depending on privilege mm -hmm. and where, where you are. Yes. Um, and it, it's, oh, and it made it even more so terrifying. Yes. I feel like some elements were comedic. Comedic as in tongue in cheek. Yeah. Depending on who you are. What yeah. Are you, what do you are? So, like, if you're white, especially a guy, yeah, it it was not funny for you. You were very like. Actually, I, I think the opposite. A lot of the humor was towards us to make us feel ha 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 ha, and then have that ending site like like essentially like like cut to the gut, uh, where it was like, whoa, that's mm -hmm. what this was. Like the whole time, you think mm -hmm. everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And you're like, where's the horror part of it? This is a good time. And then it just, and then the real movie comes out 
And then my, I, I, so I'm a, I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so, no, I feel like the comedy was aimed to us. Mm. So we will feel, you know, like at ease and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then when, the, like I said, the real movie comes mm-hmm. in, it just punches us in the gut and gets us big. Now, I caught on to it early because mm-hmm. I'm very, I, I try to be as open-minded and progressive as possible. And I see how evil these people are and, you know, how fake they are because I've had experiences with family being very fake and um, and just seeing words and, you know, and stuff. And But anyways, but um, it, it, I, I, that, that's, that's how I kind of took it mm-hmm. as was like it's more, the comedy was more aimed for us. So we would feel at ease. And then once it like reveals itself, it's just like, whoa, what? Like the biggest shock and like, like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I might like, be wrong. I don't know. Because I saw it with my ex. And I also know a few other white guys. And they were uncomfortable the whole movie. Really? Yeah. And it was oh, okay. my friends of color that like ended up finding certain situations humorous. Because they're because just it's relatable, bec- and also because they were laughing at the uncom- the discomfort of the white people with them, with them because they were uh, like, okay, I can because yeah. they were just like, hey, See, it's funny. My, my, my friends, you know, mm-hmm. saw it. They were just like kind of horrified, like, yeah, this, this is how it is, and this mm-hmm. is uncomfortable for me to mm-hmm. kind of relive it too. You know, um, it, it yeah, it's so weird because they're just like, see. This is what you do. Yeah. This is what you sound like. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and that's what I was told too. And I was like, well, I mean, not me, but like. Well, you know, yeah. People well, who are like me. This is that. That's how. That 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 is how. The whole like, I'm not racist. I voted for Obama twice. Yeah. Like. Oh God. Holy shit! Do you know how many times I have seen people use that as an excuse? Oh people yeah, actually, a thousand percent. Yeah, people actually use that as an excuse. And like... I still do. Yeah. And and so like, it calls that out. It calls that behavior out. It's like, just because you... Yeah, I agree. And, and just the same I thing. Watch, like, I saw in theaters yeah. once. And well, I just... I, I talked to a few people. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say maybe 10 friends mm-hmm. about it. And like, I just didn't speak of it again. Because it's like... It's so eye-opening. And yeah. like, you're just like... It's great. Like, that's honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think probably one of my favorite experiences in the theater. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you're, you're like, do I keep talking about it or do I let it go and just be better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and like, and be a better person and make sure I don't fall into any of those traps. Yeah. I mean, not even traps, just any of, the, any of those, I guess, formalities. And I know so many people that like, won't go see it. That's sad. I, I think I know. it's absolutely worth and I because think it's eye opening and yeah. the right. I think Jordan Peele's a genius and yeah. I think it's a message. Because I feel like they, they're afraid of being uncomfortable. They don't want to be uncomfortable and may they I know ask, they're gonna they be white? uncomfortable. It it is really white. Well no, but may I ask, are your friends white? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um <laughs> but like just it's a movie that makes you think. Um, not only that, it deals with not just racial, but like socioeconomical issues. Like the white. I, be- I believe anybody can relate to him. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's just in any scenario. Like it, it could be like uh, I had a friend who was essentially like 
that's how it kind of is also having a disability mm-hmm. and being with people who don't understand. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, people take it mm-hmm. as it's not even, yeah, like you said, a race thing. Yeah. I, I think it's something that basically a lot of people who have it, you know, a difficult time with something can relate to. I feel like, yeah, a lot of people definitely in minorities and whatnot can relate to. But I also don't want to discount that it was made, I feel like, with um, African Americans in mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't want to take away from that. No, no, no. Absolutely. I don't want to as well. It was made for that audience. um, But there are a lot of shared experiences. Not granted that they aren't all the same and they're to different degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely cannot say I know what it feels like yeah, I, I'm, to be I, I that extreme because I am definitely white passing depending on where I am in the country <laughs> and to how tan I I am. And like, I've definitely had some experiences where people will look at my name and there will be some weird comments. But um, yeah, like it's definitely made for that audience and it's very refreshing. Um, and in us, I had a us. I feel like it was very difficult to understand. It was very highbrow horror. I have not heard a lot about it because I still have always wanted to see it. It just this year was so tough. Yeah. I saw four movies this year: mm-hmm. um, Hunchback. Oh, what? What? <laughs> How to Find a Genre. Uh-huh. Um, <sighs> what? <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. Dragon 2. I hope you edited that three, out. 3. 3. Came How out to Train Your Dragon 3. Uh-huh. I saw Endgame, Spider-Man, uh-huh. and... Um, Ooh. Can't remember the last one. Ah. Uh, because I barely saw any films this year. Yeah. But like... Us... I feel like people get something different out of it. Or get nothing out of it. Yeah. It is very highbrow. Um, which... A lot of critics loved it, but the average viewer did not. Yeah. Um. So I feel like. Did that come out this year? Yes, it did. Okay. Um. So I feel like that has a lot of. That's a lot of the problem. But yeah. then again, I feel like there's also intent. On why it's like that. I'm not sure. I I've listened to a few of his interviews, and, and he explained it. But honestly, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Us is very interesting. I didn't like it as much as... I think Midsummer was my favorite horror from this year. Um, I will say also... Um, oh, Scorsese had a film out a few years ago. I know a lot of people didn't Shutter like Island? it. No, no, no. That that seems. I think that's. No, no, no. Leonardo like DiCaprio. A few years ago, it was only like two years ago. He had he had a lot of flack over it. It was supposed to be um, score. I'm trying to think of the name. It had Jennifer Hudson in it. No, not Jennifer Hudson. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Those are two very different. Oh, Jennifer's. are you talking about? Uh, no, it's not the Martin Scorsese. I think you're talking about a Darren Aronofsky movie. Yes, yes. Sorry. Um. You're talking about, um, oh my God, I just, Mama? No. Yeah. Um, no, it's not Mother, like Mother. 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 Mama's the other horror one that's produced by uh, Guillermo del Toro. It's amazing. I love that film. That was a cheap, yeah. cheaply made film as well. And oh my God, mm-hmm. that movie is amazing. If you have not seen Mama, oh my God, go see Mama. 
I know a lot of feminists did not like Mother. Um, I know I th- a lot of people just. I probably know three people who like who Aaron actually Oft's liked Mother. Mother, um, due to certain circumstances in my life, um, I feel like Mother hit home a lot more for me. Mm. I never um, saw it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand the critique. I will, but I feel like because of my lived experiences especially where I was at the time that that I saw the movie, I left the movie sobbing and I cried for three days. Holy crap. Yeah. I think the last Aronofsky movie I saw was Black Swan. I just didn't see anything after that. Yeah. So I feel… Spoilers. So there is a scene where um, the, the husband just keeps inviting people into the house and they keep inviting people in the house. And… Jennifer Lawrence's character is trying to revitalize the house and like renovate it. And all these people keep coming in and fucking it up. Like she keeps telling him, please don't sit on the counters. Hey, I just washed that. They're like smashing windows. And I was like, that is my life. Like that is the horror. That to me is horror. Like, you you took so much care and effort, time and effort to like, you know, fix something up. And then a bunch of strangers come into your place and like ruin it in like 10 seconds. And like, I think it was just the place I was in my life. And I just like lost it. Lost it. I guess like I don't react to traditional horror so much. It has to be yeah. like appeal to some raw emotion. And not that fear isn't raw, but for some reason it's always like sadness or, you know, grounded in reality. As weird as that sounds. Um, But like, in addition to films, series have come a long way as well. Like we've gone through Twilight Zone to The Outer Limits to Tales from the Crypt and X-Files. and Goosebumps even had a series for a little. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. All the way to now Black Mirror. Yeah. And Twilight Zone's back. And then uh, yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Then you had. Uh, what have I seen lately? Um, I mean, even American Horror Story. Ugh. I liked the first season. I mean, I couldn't Ugh. really get into the others. I love those. I love every season up until season, until like episode six. And then it just has a set. Stupid unnecessary turn. <laughs> See, I and, the, I and like those turns usually make Shyamalan look like a brilliant, uh, like a genius. And I'm like, oh my god. Come but on. you have to admit, I feel like American Horror Story brought back horror as a cinematic TV experience because there wasn't really a horror. Because then it paved the way for Stranger Things. I don't know if it paved the way for Stranger Things. But I feel like Stranger, Stranger Things is like this whole different level. Because I, I feel like they were like, we have an homage horror film. And I, th- I, I, I okay, I honestly, I actually, like, I may be very wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that you would liken more of Stranger Things' uh, creation and release to Cabin in the Woods, uh, on Cabin in the Woods' mm. uh, tale. It's more of, Cabin in the Woods made it cool for modern. Mm. What happens when you do it in the 80s? Okay. And I feel like the Duffer Brothers, Duffer Brothers, right? I think. Yeah, it was yeah. like they were able to do it. Yeah. And Netflix was like, yeah, 
And they just, I, I remember when Stranger Things came out, nobody knew about it until like the second week it came out. And everyone was like, oh shit, what is this? Like, I binge-watched like, the whole first season the day it came out. Really? Because yeah. nobody knew about it. They, it came they, out on my birthday. I, I had been barely, following. They barely promoted the hell out. I know, it. but I did remember the marketing for it. And oh, I was like, awesome. this is something I wanted to see. But um, House on Haunted Hill was really good. And Which one? It's on Netflix. The series. There's a series. Oh, oh, Haunting on Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. I no, you're fine. The... I was like, I was like, the yeah. ha- House of Haunting Hill with Chris Kattan. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Haunting at Hill House. Or the haunting with Luke Wilson as his head gets ripped off. Yeah. And Catherine Zeta-Jones. But Liam Neeson. Wow. Why did you do that film? But I feel like there's way more horror series. I know Netflix just released a new one called Marianne. Yeah. And, Hulu has a couple. But I feel like Amazon is lore. American Horror Story was the first series to be pitched as a horror, like, horror in the vein of, like, HBO quality type thing. And and now it seems like a viable, because I feel like before that, people didn't think it was a viable investment. Yes. And then the first season of American Horror Story took off, and now we have more series, which I'm happy about, because I feel like, it's just an extended horror movie. I feel like also American Horror Story also kind of um, not saying that the that the show is, is horror. It mm-hmm. just has these really weird thriller um, and weird elements of it. Was mm-hmm. Nip Tuck Ryan Murphy's first show? Mm-hmm. Um, because Ryan Murphy made Nip Tuck, and then he mm-hmm. went over to Glee, and then he created American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nip Tuck, especially for a couple seasons. I remember the thing the guy's name was the Carver from the third season. Mm-hmm. Had some horror elements to it and got some really surreal, weird horror vibes from it. But it's not really. It's really a soap opera that's not that's meant for nobody. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, Would you consider something like um, a series with traditional horror monsters like True Blood or Buffy the Vampire Slayer? What would you consider those? TV's tough for me because a lot of it is horror fantasy. Mm-hmm. I don't consider them scary at all because I don't think anybody in their right mind was ever scared of Buffy, of of the of a Buffy episode. Okay, I think maybe somebody was scared of one jump scare mm-hmm. and that's it. But Buffy has never been to me, at least from what I've watched, not even one part of it was even a shred scary. Uh, I would say that they have horror elements, but it is always going to be. A um, and a not even an adventure. It's just a uh, an action teenage show, mostly. I mean, I, I it, it's weird. It's I guess fantasy because it's monsters, it's fantastical creatures, you know, she- demons and mm. angels, and you know, like um, other creatures as well. Would you consider like the new? Um, because I think anything with ghosts is automatically considered a part of a horror. Okay. Would you consider the new um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I would say that's more gothic. Okay. Uh, like Crimson Peak. But mm-hmm. um, what about Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks is just it's oh man that's just that's just Lynch that's just <laughs> that's just David Lynch being David Lynch. I feel like he like him and Werner Herzog are like their own little like mm-hmm. like genre now where you're just like oh you can either watch horror thriller this or lynch herzog okay <laughs> <laughs> um oh god one peaks that's thriller 
I think. Okay. I, I think because there's just too many turns where like dun dun like reveals. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with a lot of reveals, it's like kind of more of a thriller. Like yeah. when my Shyamalan films are not horror. I mm-hmm. feel like they're all thrillers. Mm-hmm. Not good thrillers, but they're thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then we can go into stuff like um John Carpenter with Slasher films. Yeah. Well, it. No, yeah. Like that's not a good film. Really? I no, I'm sorry, not it. The thing. My my bad. The oh, thing. Oh, John Carpenter's the thing. My bad. I don't, I don't know why I said it. Probably because I just saw it chapter two. Um, the oh, thing. The thing is amazing. I the best the remake thing. film of all time. I I absolutely. That's one of my top horror films. Have you ever seen the original? No. Don't. <laughs> like literally keep it that way. I think it's a fifties film. It is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm also thinking about like Alien. Mm-hmm. Alien, you... Alien is a ghost story in space. It is mm-hmm. a haunted mansion in space. Mm-hmm. She is trying to survive something she cannot see and feel, and it is an absolute horror. It's a haunted hill. It's a haunted house movie in space. Sci-fi with a sci-fi twist. I, I feel like it's the same thing with like Aquaman. Aquaman's like a 1970s fantasy adventure film mm-hmm. with it with like a superhero. Um, with like a superhero, um, like, like, um, like, what's it called? <laughs> like glaze over it. Oh, okay. I, I would say with Alien, it's oh, like skin, one, like a superhero skin over. Yeah. It? Okay. Like it's it's all it is. It's, it's with a filter. It's like with a superhero okay. filter over it. Mm-hmm. And like with 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 that with uh with Alien, it, it it's a horror. It's it's a it's a ghost story mm-hmm. just told in space. Yeah. Well, um. I feel like we're getting towards the end. I just want to ask, like, what would you like to see in horror? What would you um, like to change? What do you want the future to horror to be? I think horror thrives on um, constant adapting to storytelling and finding a different way to really um, essentially just kind of like mess with your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, like what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. First thing was like, you know, scary monsters. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, well, what happens if you walk down the street and Dracula was there? And then it turned into gods, like gigantic beasts, like from mm-hmm. the sky, like Godzilla and King Kong. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what happens? And then it turned into sci-fi, like mm-hmm. where we were, we were finally going to a different planet, mm-hmm. and you know, or we, you know, we're going to the moon. And yeah. like, what happens if aliens see us and they come and invade us? And so, like, it turned into sci-fi, like real. Like, I feel like it always just mm-hmm. kind of um, goes about what is happening currently with humankind. Like, you know, the first thing is like, it'll be scary to see something that looks like us but isn't us. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happens? Well, like, that's why like- Bigfoot has been such a big deal for so many years. Yeah. Well, I feel like. Again, othering, and I feel like in those times it also had to deal with probably some racial tensions and yeah. stuff like that. And then, yeah, and then like I was gonna say with like the big monsters, like with King yeah. Kong and Godzilla, it's like that's when we started getting skyscrapers. What happens when a being bigger than a skyscraper comes in? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see exactly what you're saying though. Yeah, I feel like a lot of modern horror is rooted in social justice issues because yes, we're finally we're finally getting to the point where we can. Address those things. Uh, the I, new, I would even argue, I, I will I'll talk, not argue, mm-hmm. I will um, like continue on what you're saying mm-hmm. and I will add in the new, the new Halloween film mm-hmm. does the exact same with a little bit of elements of what the original Halloween films were. Yeah. It's a lot of social justice. It's, it's, 
Jamie Lee Curtis being the fucking badass that she is. Oh, I love her. She's amazing. I mean, I also love the new Terminator trailers. I can't wait to see the new Terminator. I'm excited for it too. But, uh, but, um, but like, yeah, but like for, for a while, it's just it's a lot of things that just at that point that is happening with humankind. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, look at, um, you know, we talked about earlier, the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, documentaries and just even found footage or just home movies are becoming so much easier. Like before, yeah. you know, I got, I remember when I was growing up, I would borrow my, I would always make like these little shows mm-hmm. and I would have, have to borrow my dad's camera mm-hmm. and you would need like to plug it in or like there's huge difficult de- oh, yeah, devices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then DVD came out and you're just like, oh, everything's compact now. And, like, yeah. It was like in this perfect area where everything was compact and you could just go on the road and like yeah. actual film from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You can actually buy like technology that's relatively like that mm-hmm. for cheap and just go on the road and make yeah. a documentary. Like it was like the opening of documentaries mm-hmm. for just anybody's, not mm-hmm. just people who, you know, were able to be financed for it. You yeah. could just rent equipment or get equipment. You can just get your hands on equipment and make it. Mm-hmm. So like paranormal activity is like perfect for that. And yeah, it just, Horror has to always evolve. There's, yes. It's always fun for it to fall back. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it's kind of like The Purge. Mm-hmm. I don't like The Purge movies, but I understand them. And I understand yeah. why people are scared of them. And yes. I understand like the everything about it. It's mm-hmm. like, what happens when there's just utter chaos? And mm-hmm. like, we're living it now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, that's horror. I would yeah. always, I will say that, that The Purge are horror films. There will always be cheap, cash grabs in horror. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, but I feel like the horror that lasts and like sticks with you are the ones that like get under your skin yes. because there's a grain of truth and all. There's a message there and it's po- it, it's pointing directly at this may sound like this movie may be over the top but it's rooted in something that's actually happened and it really needs to be fixed and addressed. And I think that's why, no matter what, the one horror element and type of film that will always, 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 always like remain is going to be the horror about you at home with something you can't see and explain. Yes. Um, even if you were do not believe in paranormal stuff mm-hmm. like myself, mm-hmm. The whole thing is that you will never be comfortable with something not being seen in your home. Yes, and because that's, and that's why paranormal or intruders and stuff like that will mm-hmm. always that'll always be around. The because paranormal it, activities and all that other stuff. Yes, because it'll always manifest in like what you're personally afraid of. Yeah, and nobody wants to be nobody wants their home to not be their home. Yes, I will. I will agree to that. Um, and with that. Thanks, guys, for listening. I want to thank Tyler for um, filling in for Izzy <laughs> this month. Um, what, what do you want to plug, man? Uh, I'll plug my website, The Grand Geek Gathering. Um, I'm Tyler from The Grand Geek Gathering, where we have uh, podcasts. We do articles. We also have panels at a lot of conventions. Um, or depending on when this comes out, uh, LA Comic Con, we have three of our own panels, but I will be on seven in total. Um, and, uh, we go to other conventions as well, like Comic-Con and, uh, Emerald City Comic-Con. And next year, we're, it looks like we're going to New York Comic-Con. Like, Are you going to, to Dragon-Con? I'm sorry? Are you going to Dragon-Con? I will never session? go to Dragon-Con. <laughs> uh, but that, those, the, that, that's one convention I have zero interest in going to. But, um, 
Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me on thegrandgeekgathering.com and all the social media, the Grand Geek Gathering, or the Grand Geek G on Twitter. And you also just recorded an amazing series with a Tolkien scholar, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have an ongoing uh, a podcast uh, bonus episode on our Grand Geekery, which is our main show. And we'll, it will roll out to be its own show called A Grand History Lesson. But we talked to the world's top uh, Tolkien historian. And we're going to keep going on Tolkien's life. It's a four. It's a one out of four part series that we're going to release once every three months. There you go. Um, and thanks again for listening to our latest Trope Time episode. We would, um, like I said, like to thank Tyler. <laughs> um, also, shout out to our friends on Nerd on the Podcast. If you like pop culture and fandoms, check them out. Um, they're streaming as well now. Um, they always have something going on almost every day. Um, please don't forget to click subscribe to Trope Time on iTunes as well as Nerd On or whatever. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Click on iTunes or any platform that you enjoy or get your podcasts on. If you could leave us a quick review, we would really appreciate that. That helps us out. Um, thanks, guys. And uh, see you next time. Bye.